0: Hello, world, and welcome back for another ISSA podcast, Trainers Talking Truths. It's your co-host, Jenny Scott, here with my favorite podcast co-host, Dan, the man, Duran. How are you, Dan? Good to see you. Uh,
1: good to see you, and I'm doing well. I, I'm, I'm actually doing a little window shopping, Jenny. I'm doing a little Amazon window shopping because, you know it's going to be payday. It's going to be payday. What do we say? We say the more you learn, the more you earn, and here we are, and we're about to learn so I'm sure I'm going to earn money oh, as goodness. fit. I see sister. what you did
0: there. <laughs> money is fit. That's right. Oh, at least you're not like me. I buy Tootsie Rolls on Amazon. So <laughs> my, my purchases are a little less effective than yours. But, you know, same, same, but different, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, but yes, we do have a really good conversation today. I'm super excited to have our guest here with us. Um, we have with us Mr. Randy Leopondo. Hello, Randy. How are you? Hey, guys. I'm doing well. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. Um, So You have a lot of experience over 20 years in the fitness field. We would love to know more about how you got your start in the industry and how you got to where you are now with True.
2: Okay. Well, I'll try to to keep this short. It's a fun story, sort of. (laughs) I'd be lying if I didn't tell you my initial influences were Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone, so that might might date my age. (laughs) but you know i thought they were cool and i thought they were cool because they were strong and fit guys so i'm like okay so maybe i'll work out my basement for a little bit so i was probably seventh or eighth grade and then in high school i uh, got an injury tore my acl mcl meniscus in a soccer game went to rehab and the physical therapist i had was not very good i was his last appointment of the day i saw him catching up on paperwork he told me to do some exercises and he would go and catch up on work so i'm like okay i guess is this normal i got discharged from physical therapy coach calls me hey i hear you're out um let's we're gonna put you up to varsity next year as a sophomore um you ready i'm like not really oh no so i got nervous so believe it or not i'm like okay i'm gonna have to really actually exercise and i real my source was the arnold schwarzenegger encyclopedia of bodybuilding
0: nice yes yes it is
2: was my yes. source and I you know I did some things incorrectly but generally speaking it got me sort of ready and if if it didn't get me ready physically my confidence went back up by exercising so yes. I got my degree so senior year they're like what do you want to do I'm like I think that working out things seem to work so let's get a degree in exercise science I did that I initially wanted to go to physical therapy school but then um, I didn't get in and maybe it was a blessing in disguise. Sure. And I I uh, hooked up with this guy who wanted to open up a personal training studio. We had similar ideas and I'm like, let's go. And it, it started off. And that's what happened for the last 20 years, 18 out of those 20 years, I became the fitness director or the director of personal training. And then um, left there with, I had 34 trainers. So we had general membership, but we had a lot of training as well. That was our main source. And now I work for True Fitness, which is a fitness equipment manufacturer. And one of my many duties I get to do is when there's a big install of equipment at a gym nationwide, I get to go and train the staff and the trainers how to use the equipment. So now I can, I'm not just a guy saying, Hey, this is our equipment. I actually say, you know what? I was in your shoes. This is how we use the equipment. This is how your members are going to proceed to use the equipment. And here's how you can help your clients with this equipment.
0: Very nice. What kind of equipment does True Fitness create? What kind of, kind of stuff do you have? Where would we have seen it?
2: We got full blown cardio and strength, full portfolio, anything from selectorized strength to plate loaded to free weights, all cardio. And True did recently acquire Octane, which is all cardio. Oh, yes. I love their yeah. lateral trainer. Yes. Yes. The lateral trainer for sure. So that's, um, that's what I'm doing with them now. I love it. And I still get to kind of go into the gym without some of the, um, challenges of, uh, managing a gym or its staff.
1: (laughs) You actually get to just go show up, work
0: out, go home. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) Nice. Very cool. Uh, Post the links um, in the description for our episode so people can check out the equipment, but yeah I love the Octane Lateral Trainer and surprisingly it's not in I'm in Arizona and it's in probably I say 50% of the clubs that I walk into whenever nice. they have it i'm like yeah i'm doing that one awesome. me, here I come. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and, <laughs> I, and, and
1: I might need to connect with you after this Randy i'm looking for a dual 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 pulley cable adjustable. Uh, for the home gym, gotta have one of those. I finally oh, yeah. use one again at a gym. And I'm like, man, this is I think I think that's the total, you know, the the, the best thing to have in your home gym. But I digress. Let's get back on topic here. Uh, so so Randy, you gave a presentation, it's my understanding, that was called How is Your On Stage Performance to a number of trainers? And I love this. I love the concept behind it. I'm very curious as to what that entailed and how it tied into their day-to-day activities as fitness coaches, as trainers.
2: So that, um, so this is sort of more into the art of personal training. I don't think people realize that there's an art to it. You can have all your fancy degrees and all your certifications, but there's certainly an art. So in my role, we, we figured out, at least in our setting, that trainers were not very good salespeople. So we took the sales process out of their hands, myself or the owner or another manager, we did all the sales. Someone would come in, if they wanted personal training, we would do their initial consult, do their health and physical activity background, all that good stuff. We had two clients that wanted training. Either someone walked in off the street and said, hey, I want training, or we had current members who wanted training. So now let's, let's, let's uh, shift over to the current members who wanted training. They would I would speak to them and do my usual thing and I would listen to their goals. And I would ask them, is there anyone in particular that you want to work with? You've seen everyone on the floor. And typically they would say, sometimes, oftentimes, like, oh, not really. Just make sure you set me up with someone of of the skill set that I need. I'm like, okay. So we keep talking. We keep talking. And then they say, well, um, I don't really want to work with so-and-so. Let's just say Dan in this instance. I don't want to work with Dan. I'm like, oh, well, why is that? Um, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem as attentive. Um, I don't know. Sometimes they look bored when they're yeah. training their clients. I'm like, oh, okay. And coincidentally, in my head, Dan was the person I had in mind for this person. So then I thought, uh-oh, are trainers losing, at, losing out on business because of things that they can kind of control, like their body language, their on-stage performance, on the floor. So then I told him uh, at an intro of this presentation, I'm like, listen, you're always on stage, whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not. So you got to really pay attention to yourself.
0: Absolutely. I I think that's a great point, Randy, because a lot of people underestimate that. And especially to those trainers that work in a facility, for example, oh, I'm on my lunch break and I'm working out and you're that person in the back who's like slamming weights and like, uh, like yes. making all this noise. People are watching you. So do you think Susie Joe over there is going to want to train with you if you look like a weirdo or a gorilla in the corner? No, like you have to be kind of careful about that. And I actually, when I worked in the gyms, I used to Train um, early, early in the morning. So there wasn't a lot of people there. Or I would actually go to a different gym and get my workout in for a couple of reasons, not because I trained like an a hole, but because <laughs> I also, I just didn't want to be approached. And when you're yes. in your workplace, a lot of times people will approach you. And if you're like, to your point, if you're like annoyed or bored listening to somebody talk and you're like texting while they're talking, you're like, uh huh, uh huh, I'm on my break, right? That they don't care whether you're on your break or not. You're absolutely right. You are putting on a show, you are performing, and they take all pieces of that.
2: They sure do. They sure do.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, what, what were, what was some of the main points that you were talking to trainers about in that presentation? Like things that they should look out for, things that they should really be aware of that maybe they aren't.
2: Well, um, what to, to add on to what uh, you mentioned about people paying attention, um, I want to add that there's a lot of times where there's I was sitting or or clients or members are asking for other trainers who might have been of a lesser skill set, great people, mm-hmm. but you know, just didn't match. And it was, I said, why? And they said, well, because they seemed um, engaged. They seemed attentive, all the things. And so I would go to the trainer like, Hey, listen, Hey, listen, Jenny, um, Mrs. Smith really wants to work with you. Now she just had a hip replacement, but she really wants to work with you. So the trainer would be like, Ooh, that's out of my wheelhouse. I don't know if I could work with them. Like, Well, she did rec- ask you, so let's just try and work through it. Maybe we can we Can figure this out, and she. I remember this instance, they're like, Why don't you set him up with Dan? He knows he's a stud. I go, She don't want to work with him, so that's what kind of you know really really opened my eyes. I'm like, Man, people are missing out, and other people are doing well when they don't even know it.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I love that you're going down that road. Um, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, they're always on stage, right? You're always, I heard that years ago. And it's been a part of something that uh, I've taught for many years. And so what I I do is I take pictures of trainers covertly Mm. when I'm in gyms. And I've done it all over the world. Uh, A couple of my favorites is a guy behind a client on a, uh, I call it the, well, actually, I'm not going to tell you what I call it. It's the inner outer thigh machine. And so so the the client is facing, you know, one direction and the, the trainer is behind them text messaging a friend. Now they're not oh. using a timer. They're not following the workout. All you have to do is watch them for a few minutes and figure out what they're using their phone for. So they're back here texting their friend while their client is using the inner outer thigh and they can't see them. And uh, but, but my all time favorite picture, and I just used this in a presentation a couple of weeks ago, it was in Colorado, actually it was here in the States. And one the client was on a treadmill walking and the trainer was on the treadmill next to it, laying on the arm rail with their back leaning against the display. So they're laying down, they're laying down on the treadmill up high. So they're on the bar with their back and they're just kicking it on the treadmill next to their client. That is my all time favorite, my all time favorite. So yes, people, you think common sense? No, it's not. No, it's not. We got to correct
0: this. Oh my goodness. No, yeah. So for a new personal trainer, Randy, Um, what are some things that they should look out for or be aware of to make sure that they are presenting themselves at all times in an appropriate way.
2: But uh, when I used to hire new trainers, I would instantly tell them, okay, listen, you're on stage. Imagine a one-way looking glass or window and imagine you're watching yourself. What do you want to see? Why would someone want to hire you? I mean, you look great on paper, Jenny. However, how, how do you perceive yourself and that's what other people other clients are generally going to perceive you they're spending a lot of money on you and trusting you but you also got to kind of give a little bit back and, and be professional so obviously the first thing a client's going to notice is your appearance mm-hmm. and you know some, some facilities depending if you're an independent contractor or whether you're that or a, a staff person you still got to maintain your appearance and uh, some places require uniforms and to try and control that appearance. But if you're an independent contractor, you know, you've got to sacrifice a little bit of comfort and personal choices to being professional and even facial hair. So, okay, fine. If you have facial hair, but at least keep it nice and not have just be straggly and, and, and all that don't make it look like you just got out of bed and your clothes are wrinkled. You got grabbed it out of the laundry basket and showed up to work. I mean, all that, all that adds up. And I, and I try to stress this to young trainers, who have never, who, don't, who may not even think about that.
0: Yeah, so speaking of appearance, I think that's a really great point. Let's let's explore that for a moment. What are your thoughts, Randy, on even if it's a uniform? Some people like to order a medium right? That shirt that's a little bit too small. And this is guys and girls. Like, I'm six feet tall. I've got some guns on me. And sometimes, like, the sleeves on shirts are really small, right? And it's right. like, you can see my arms. You can see that I'm pretty ripped. But... Like some people, it's a turnoff. And I will tell you from 13 years of experience, I've had clients say, I don't want to look like you. And I'm like, okay, you don't have to. And I don't take it personally. That's fine. Like my goals are my goals, right? But you don't have to. So I've learned to actually wear like looser fitting clothes. I always wear sleeves when I train people. And especially when I work with my my usually female athletes, I do not wear shorts. I don't expose my legs because my legs are pretty cut up too. I wear longer pants, loose, relatively loose Joggers, things like that, where I'm not drawing attention to my physique. What are your thoughts on that?
2: I think it really actually depends on the environment of the training mm-hmm. facility. It Really does. If you're dealing with older adults, then I think we know the answer to that. Yeah. If you're dealing in an athletic performance facility, sometimes it may help you. It may. These these young uh, are. We had a, a sister company. Of athletic performance enhancement. And you know what? Those those kids look up to you. And sometimes you do have to at least look like you practice what you preach. For sure. So I, I think in that situation, it's it's totally depending on where you're working.
0: Fair. Yeah, that makes sense though. Um what, what I have a shoe problem. What, what are your thoughts on like super bright shoes? I have some highlighter yellow shoes that I wore the other day. They're sick. I love them, but everybody's like, whoa, those are bright. <laughs>
2: Uh, you know what? I I enjoy a good shoe game. I don't have any issues with shoes <laughs> as long as yes. you're as long as you have shoes on and not your <laughs> you
0: know. True. You never know when you might have to like, lend your shoes to a client. I've actually had to do that when I worked at Orange Theory. One of my faithfuls, he always came in after work. He had kids and so he was like, this is my time. This is my me time. I gotta be here. He wore weighted vest in class every day. And he showed up and I why do you have your, your Oxfords on, sir? And he was like, I forgot my shoes, but I'm still gonna work out. I was like, you are not working out in your oxfords. stop. size yes. I shoot you here? He was like 10 and a half. I was like, me too, kick, kick. And I kicked my shoes off and I let him work out in my shoes. And that's the only time I've ever trained barefoot. <laughs> Wow. Because he needed to borrow my shoes for class, but you never know.
2: (laughs) At least you brought your shoes and someone had them. You didn't just show up like that.
0: Correct. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Here we go, guys. Time for another ISSA Rapid Review. Brandon had this to say about the online coaching certification. This is the sixth course I've completed with ISSA. The value for the money is unbeatable. The quality of the course is very impressive. The exam was scored immediately and I knew instantly that I had obtained a passing score. I like that after each course completion, I get a call from a student support specialist to inquire about anything I might need. I'm part of the ISSA family for life. Welcome to the family, Brandon.
1: question for you Randy uh great great job sharing with our listeners some of the the don'ts right mm-hmm. uh being groomed uniform um facial hair uh and not again to your point not saying don't have it just again appear well groomed and well taken care of because again it's first impressions or everything right what are some things that coaches and trainers can do to draw attention to themselves in a positive way in other words they stand out so mm-hmm. member walks by and goes oh Wow, that's a professional right there. What are some of those things?
2: One thing that's so simple is common courtesy, addressing, saying hello when they walk in the door, when you walk by and make eye contact, just say hello. There's been times where uh, a member would be like, I'd like to work with Jenny. Well, how come? I don't know. She just smiles and she says hello to me or she always seems so positive around people. I'm like, okay, they don't, they, uh, I know this is a a, a personal training type th- situation, but I would say a lot of people out there don't really research personal training certifications and backgrounds. Yeah, they, they do a little bit, but I would say the majority. I, I don't say I wouldn't say they don't care, but they look at way other things more than I thought they would.
0: Yeah, I agree with yeah. that. Yeah, most people aren't going to go look you up and confirm that you're certified or no. look up your you know Instagram and stuff. Like, I mean, maybe they will, but.
2: <laughs> I think they will after they have this impression of you being friendly, courteous. You appear normal. You yeah, know, it's and then they then they do their research. It's just it's I've come across that more often than not.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so don't like and that, yeah, the eye contact thing is huge. You can walk by somebody and say hi with your head down, right? But making eye contact for some people it's uncomfortable. <laughs> but yeah. the more you practice it, right, the better at it you get. It, yeah. I, 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 and that goes for all the
1: members or all the staff, right, Randy? I yeah. mean, that's front desk, that's whatever, for regardless sure. your role. And here's a here's a, a true story that's relevant. Yesterday, yesterday, my wife can 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 back me up on this. I came home and I said, "That's it, we're quitting the gym." Now, I live in I live in the middle of nowhere in Idaho. There are only two gyms, and only one of them has bumper plates and squats, and, you know, cages and stuff like that. And that's where I work out. And that's it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I can't go back there. Why? The owners, there's two of them. They never wave. They never say hi. They never smile. And I walked in yesterday. Great, big, huge dude. Uh, Ed, you might hear this podcast, but I seriously doubt it. <laughs> great, big, huge dude. Massive, known that guy, you know, and he's behind the counter. And I walk in and he doesn't acknowledge me. I look at him like to smile. Nothing. And every single day at 6 p.m., he cranks up headbanging heavy metal music so that he can work out. And it comes right through my iPod. I got my iPod on. I can't even hear my music. Oh, my god! It's head banging, heavy metal music because that's what he likes. Oh, I'm man. out of there. It's, it, it, they can have all the equipment in the world. They can have the best cardio, the best weights, but it's the experience that they have when they walk in that door by the staff and the cleanliness that's going to keep them. That's, that's my thoughts. Would, would you agree?
2: Absolutely. I agree 100% on that. And I don't know why sometimes... Other trainers or facilities don't understand that, but you know you can only you can only say so much until they experience. Okay, well there goes Dan. He just quit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Jenny. If you want to uh, open a gym with me, I got a gold mine. Town Let's do there. it. I got Let's a gold mine of a town over here. Let me tell you. One good. And our gym, next stop will be Costa
0: Rica. <laughs> one good. That's. right. Ooh. <laughs> There's a big fitness calling down there. Oh, my gosh. Oh, when I was no, down there, man. there's a lot of expats from Canada and the U.S. And like everybody was like, you should go to the gym down here. You would kill it. Or like, oh. Shetty. Costa Rica. I know. Rica. Retirement goals. And we actually have a friend who's from Costa Rica, by the way. Kelsey, I'm coming. <laughs> oh,
1: man. Where'd she go? I don't know. She was here yeah. last week. So, Mandy, nice. talk to us about spotting and queuing. Yeah. Uh, and kind of the evolution of that and how that also could be something that those members or those prospects could watch you doing and how that might tie into your success as a trainer.
2: Well, it certainly has evolved since uh, when I first started back in uh, 97, 98. And back then, during that time, it was mostly bodybuilders that were training clients. And have nothing against bodybuilders. That was my initial whole how I got into training. But the bodybuilders are training people like bodybuilders, mm-hmm. whether their goals were weight loss, strength, or whatnot. They were just using selectorized machines and going through and doing a circuit and whatnot. So it's evolved to more than just um, counting reps and making sure no one drops weights on their face. Yeah, it's 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 now focused on the quality of movement. So I think a trainer needs to really um, continue their education and learn how to recognize faulty movement patterns, compensatory movement patterns, things of that nature. Um, it's, it's not as much as isolating a body part anymore when you're tra- training the general clientele, the functional training movement. Unfortunately, I adopted functional training way back in 97, 98, because um, I was doing some in-home training and had nothing more than a physio ball, some tubing and light dumbbells on the floor. And yep. I had to believe in functional training. And now, obviously, it's a thing today. But, um, you know, so the spawning and executing, it's its really knowing how the body moves. And, you know, i it, and then there's, you know, there's that school of thought of, well, the body isn't made to move perfectly all the time. However, you know, if if you know how the body's supposed to move or also know, like, postural profiles, someone who's got a certain posture may perform you can almost predict how they're going to move. So it's yeah. up to you to choose the right exercise or cue it properly. My my favorite experience with that is okay, so squats. The book says, hey, squats is going to work your glutes and pretty much everything. But okay, so let's just say my client, Mr. Ed, who is a desk worker who who works at a bank, okay, I look at him. Okay. He's got no butt. He's got poor posture, shoulders are rolled forward. And he was my 6 a.m. client. Oh, my brain wasn't working back then at 6 a.m., but whatever. So he's doing squats or doing step-ups or whatever. Ed, and I, in my head, I'm like, I got to work his glutes because he's sitting all day and he has no glutes. Ed, how's, how'd that feel? How would you feel that? He goes, oh, I felt it in my quads. My quads are killing me. No glutes? I had to put on my thinking cap at 6.15 in the morning and say, okay, I need to adjust his body position a little bit and make sure those glutes engage. So that's so that's my other tip for trainers. Do something simple as ask them, where did you feel that exercise the most? Yeah. And then then you can adjust because a squat, sure, squat works your glutes, but for Ed who doesn't have glutes, he might be, he's a quad dominant guy. He's going to feel all his quads. And if you don't correct him for the next eight weeks, guess what? You just fed his muscle imbalance.
0: Yeah. And I, th- I think that might be your level of physical therapy coming out. Cause that's a whole <laughs> lot of corrective exercise. Cause you said that and I was like, oh, we need to activate his glutes, right? He may, they may not even be firing properly. Right. And that's right. where, again, continuing your education, learning more about activation, inhibition, corrective exercise in general is going to be super, super helpful. Like I feel like corrective exercise and nutrition are kind of no brainers as next steps for an entry-level personal trainer, like for yes. real, for real, because they can help literally. Everyone. Um, now, when it comes to queuing, Randy, we actually I moderate our Facebook group, and there was somebody um, a couple weeks ago actually who was like, "Hey, I got high. I was doing an interview. He said I did great. I looked the part. I was able to you know put together a good solid. Paper, but he said I should work on my queuing. I need help, guys. And he posted it in our Facebook group. Um, what would you tell someone that they need to know, like a new trainer or even an experienced trainer who needs to work on their queuing? Would you give them for verbal cueing to start? And then we'll talk about tactile cueing.
2: Well, you know, cueing, I learned over the years, you can cue where you sound really smart and yeah. do all the right stuff. And it has a little bit of a clinical flair to it. But I also learned that the clients don't understand that.
0: <laughs> they don't speak clinical.
2: <laughs> oh, no. so I, I think, I don't know if there's a school for it, but after a while, you have to come up with different cues rather than um retract your shoulder blades what the heck is that you know yeah something as simple as squeeze your shoulder blades together or like you said tactile cueing which now might be a little bit different because of covid and everything kind of changed i think that changed a lot of things and um i used to have a i used to have advice to where you need to be pretty close to your clients you can monitor what they're doing touch cue we were a big fan of touch cueing when i was Mm -hmm. when i was training you need to be close enough to where Nobody can walk between you and your client. And I would do that on purpose sometimes at gyms or whatever and say like, I'm going to prove a point here. I'm going to walk right between them and not even have to like shimmy between them. And to me, that trainer wasn't doing a good enough job because I, you know, I, they weren't queuing enough, uh, whether it's verbal or touch cueing.
0: but yeah. And I know sometimes people are told don't touch your clients. And in general, I'm, when we say don't touch your clients, we're talking about don't like we can't do like assisted stretching and things like that. That might not be something that we should be doing It's out of our scope, unless you are a physical therapist or a massage therapist or something to that effect. So yeah, that kind of stuff, cause you could hurt somebody, but to your point, like retract your shoulder blades. Well, if I put my fingertips, like point might make a like straight hand, put my fingertips between their shoulder blades and say, squeeze my fingers, right? Or this is a pencil, squeeze the pencil, right? I'm, or tapping on their shoulders to help them yes. relax them, tapping yeah. on their doubts to make sure that they're feeling it, right? Little things right. like that, and of course, appropriate body parts. People keep it PG, <laughs> um, but we can actually touch our clients, and we can, you know, and you have to build a rapport. <laughs> yes. So the importance of building rapport with your clients, because I've had clients for six years, and I can touch the the husband. I can tap him on the side of his hip. I don't touch his bottom, of course, but I can tap him on the side of the hip when we're doing certain things to get him to do something. But so if you don't know somebody, I'm not going to walk up and touch the side of their hip. They're going to be like, whoa. i wah, wah, wah. I'm like body <laughs> right? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> so that's a yeah. big part of building rapport is being able to add that touching cues. One yes. what, one of the
1: best cueing people I ever met. Uh, I met about gosh ten years ago probably, and he, uh, Jenny's wearing a shirt we're going to talk about later. But we all know her tagline of make good choices somewhere on the long the line. He didn't, and he did a little time in prison, oh. uh, and he was from the fitness industry, still is, great guy. Uh, and he was, he started training people or helping them work out and exercise from his cell. And so he had to talk through oh. exercises and movements to people that couldn't see him. Oh. So it was all auditory, right? So he, he, he perfected that. And of course he added what he already knew once he got out with the the, the kinesthetic and the visual, but wow, what a way to learn how to, to, to cue somebody right when they cannot see you.
2: So Dan, what are you saying? Someone needs to go to jail, and yeah, <laughs>
1: it
2: doesn't have to be for a long
1: time. I mean, no, thank maybe. you. Just a little time, you, you know, know. I you I know? bet
2: with the whole online training, I bet people really had to figure out a way to queue. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. And
2: I, I'm sure there's sources out there. Yeah, I may, I might see a post every now and then on instead of telling your client this, tell them this so that they get it. I'm I'm sure it's it's there's got to be oh I don't yeah. know if there's an official book, but there's got to be some a lot of Uh, advice out there regarding that
0: oh yeah
1: Yeah. and and the best advice i got was uh think of spatial uh what's around you or what you create like push the ground away Mm -hmm. uh push the ceiling up Ah, uh press the wall away from you or imagine you're in this versus talking about body parts flex your glute or you know extend your hip i was like what what are you talking about uh make it real world and yeah. something that, that, that you know, bridge the gap from known to unknown, I like to say. So something they know and understand and have them move in a pattern that they, they can know and understand, but it's a new movement or a, a movement in a different manner.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. One of my favorite cues for people to tuck their hips, um, especially like in planks and things like that, mm. um, is I tell them, scared puppy. Have you ever yelled at a puppy dog and they all <laughs> tuck their butt under? Right? They're yeah. like, Ooh, they're scared. Or I like with my college athletes, I joke around with them. I'm like, so somebody is behind you and they're trying to touch your butt and you don't want them to touch your butt. What are you going to do? Are you going to stick it out or are you going to tuck it under? I oh can tuck God. it under. <laughs> well, mostly, I love that. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I love that. That's, I like scared puppy much better, better than dog with tail. So right. I'm going to have to change up mine. Uh, I right. like yours better.
0: Have you ever raised your voice around a dog? They usually touch the and they're like, whoop. Oh, yeah.
2: And, and that'll make a lot of sense. That's a part of building rapport. So mm-hmm. if it's a dog owner, they're going to totally love that. Yes. And it'll make sense to them. So yep. I guess my, my advice to young trainers is as much as you want to start kicking out your knowledge of all the stuff that you learned, maybe every once in a while, or maybe say the clinical term first and then say the dog, the, the puppy tuck, <laughs> right? And then That's maybe right. that'll, that'll be a good balance because I, I admit I was guilty of that. Um, I was guilty in my younger years of uh, trying to sound like I, was, I knew what I was talking about. But yeah, and sometimes I mean. you,
0: it's okay, right, Randy, to say something in multiple ways, right? So maybe one time you say it with clinical language, they don't get it, okay, change the way you say it. And then say it until you find a way that they're like, okay, I connect with that right? And then you might've found five different ways to communicate something. And then you found that one thing. Like I love using humor and most people get my humor, right? I, it's, it's pretty general humor. Um, it's not gross or anything, but most people are like, ha ah, that's funny. I'm never going to forget you. it. I'm like, sweet. That's the goal. I don't want you to forget it. I want you to remember that cue. Yeah. Awkward turtle. I do this thing with my hands and I have athletes, Dan, you laugh, but I did volleyball child's yesterday. And one of the varsity girls who hasn't played for me in over three years walked up to me. and was like, coach Scott. And she did the Uh, awkward turtle with her hands. And like my club team uses it. They actually called themselves the awkward turtles, but like the kids remember this. So when they do something weird or that I don't want them to do, like try and pass a volleyball with one hand, instead of saying, use two hands. They know they should be using two hands, right? My cue is, you know, get your platform together. Keep your arms long. Don't be an awkward turtle, right? (laughs) And then they remember the awkward turtle and they're like, yeah, awkward turtle coach. Like they'll do something and look at me and be like, So I like, wish it connects with them.
1: <laughs> I wish that, that, the users could see us because I'm struggling with the, uh, the, the, the put, I don't know what you call it, the coordination of making this turtles. Yeah, work.
0: you put one hand face down and then you put your other hand on top of it face down so your thumb and pinky are opposite it. each other. And then you move you your go. top, your you just your thumbs. And ah, I'll have to it. post a video of it for everybody. Yeah, you just move your thumbs, and it looks like a little weird sea journal.
1: (laughs) Everybody needs to see this. Well, look, this has been so much fun. Uh, Randy, can you tell our listeners how they can find you, follow you, learn more from you?
2: Well, I'm on all the social media platforms. Randy Leopando. Or Leopando. I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I don't post a whole lot. And if I do, it is, at least on my Instagram, I actually keep that more or less training-related but I use it to follow other people and just make sure I stay up to date. Uh, but um, you know, and I'm on, um, I'm involved with a lot of True's um, social media, as well as like their uh, biomechanics videos, equipment videos, trainer tips. I have a little bit of that too.
1: Very and, cool. And, and what? And you said True as well, right? So uh, is that uh, would it be True? How how could folks learn more about True and and your equipment line?
2: Truefitness.com
1: True fitness.
0: Perfect. Nice. Now question, randomly question, um, the videos and things that you're involved in training staff on the equipment, does it include queuing? Like when you said somebody here's how to set the machine and you adjust it, of course, but do you include queuing in there? Yes.
2: Um, awesome. not in the videos, but in person for sure. Mm-hmm. In nice. Person, absolutely. And I, you know, what, I try and gauge when I go to an install, Typically, our, our, our training sessions for the equipment it's around a dead time of the day, so it's between like 11 and 1 when the trainers mm-hmm. are not training. But I'll go there early and get kind of a, a, a the layout of the training floor and observe the trainers, and I'll kind of specialize my presentation to them according to what I'm seeing on the yeah. floor with these trainers. Because the, the skills range.
0: Yes, The body. absolutely. Movement. Yeah. So like, for example, I know we're, we're shutting it down, but I want to know, like, what kind of things are you looking for? Are you looking for how attentive they are, how they move? Do they like touch their clients? Are they verbally queuing? What are you looking for?
2: You know, all the above. Cause each gym has their own little um, regulations. Some yeah. gyms, absolutely no touch other gyms. Oh yeah. They're like, <laughs> cause they're pretty clinical about things and do touch queuing. So I just kind of go from there so that it'll help me show them because if they're really in a touch cueing boom i'm all over that and show them on the equipment how to spot someone if not then i adjust and try to come up with these fancy verbal cues like a like a scared puppy yeah
0: <laughs> you're never gonna forget that now you're welcome
2: <laughs> thank you
0: <laughs> i love it very cool well i love it thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge with us randy this has been really cool
2: my pleasure i, I, I could talk for another hour
0: probably <laughs> well, we'll have to have you back. Please do. Maybe we we'll do some example videos or something. Maybe we can have you on the YouTube series. That'd be cool. Let's go. I love it. Very nice. Well, Dan, any last words for our listeners today? You're always on stage. Yeah. You're always on stage. Love it.
1: Perfect. Absolutely.
2: And
0: I, I absolutely believe that, you guys. You are always on stage. Um, even when you go get in your car, right? People saw you go to your car. Generally, if you work in the same place every day, they know what you drive, right? So don't drive like a jerk in the parking lot. Um, yes. for example, I have a sticker for the school that I coach at on the back of my school, so or on the back of my car, so I'm very, very careful about honking at people and getting mad in the car. I try not to because it's actually a private Catholic school, and we're supposed to be modest young women. Um, so you'd be surprised though. you'd be surprised um, what you portray um, in your body language and the way you present yourself at all times. And a lot of trainers, not everybody, but a lot of people who are into fitness guys, whether you're wearing your gym clothes, you have you know your gym shoes on or you look a certain way, people will recognize that you're in fitness right? So I go to the grocery store all the time. People are like, whoa, are you a trainer? Like they (laughs) guess it, right? It's, it's obvious for some people, right? Not so obvious for other people, but it comes across everywhere. So you can meet potential clients literally anywhere you go. So you are literally always on stage. So be mindful of that. So really good conversation, you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Absolutely. And to all of our listeners out there, you guys can't see it. I'm going to post, we're not supposed to post a picture of it. I have a t-shirt now that says make good choices because that is my line, guys. As usual, we encourage you to make good choices. We'll be talking to you soon.